hello, and welcome to another episode of the Momos and the Appas, a podcast discussing the Avatar universe as folklore, episode by episode. We're your hosts, Eric Lefebvre, Dr. Amber Jones, and Jessica Tercero. We're continuing our journey through Avatar The Last Airbender with Book One Water. Today is Chapter 5, The King of Omashu. In this chapter, Team Avatar visits the city of Omashu for a quick adrenaline rush that almost immediately lands the group in jail, kind of. Aang completes three tasks and rekindles an old friendship. So, we're on episode five. Yes. I think it's officially the introduction of the iconic My Cabbages. Yes. This is. <laughs> Honestly, the alternative title for... <laughs> Uh, the alternative description in my head was, "We meet the Cabbage Man we, and we meet King Boomy." <laughs> we do. I think it's like it's the it's like the first big, because because these these are our first three big my cabbages. We yeah. get him right on the bridge on the way in. Yeah, we get him at the end of the slide, and then at the very end we get another my cabbages. Yes, yes. Um, um, rule of threes, if you will. <laughs> It's it, it's a beautiful thing, I and I feel like I've been trying to sit down and really think like what do I think the significance of the Cabbage Man is, because is he a jerk or is he like a small businessman who's just trying to make it and happens to make the best cabbages? I think you're on. Yeah, I agree with you. I think he's just like a victim of capitalism. So every time like he starts to get ahead, it's like, but my cabbages, he tries to move to a new place. Yeah, yeah maybe cabbages. it's just like a, a and, metaphor. And his like for idea of justice capitalism. for his cabbages is beheading each of Team Avatar. He's like, one, yeah. one head for each cabbage <laughs> that was destroyed. And it's like, that is so capitalist. But yes, um, yeah. I, I agree. I think that he's just like a victim of I think he's a victim of all of that and all of all of these like unfortunate yeah. things that can and happen. <laughs> an unpredictable world. Yeah. Yes. I think he is the the ooh, I'm gonna say it, he is the avatar, so to speak, <laughs> for um being a victim of circumstance. Ooh. Like it's it is it's of no fault of his and it's of no fault of the Avatar crew. He just happens to be in a bad position at the wrong time consistently and Always. he loses his yield every yeah. time his cabbage is every single time we have several <laughs> more cabbage disasters in our future for this man I cabbage honestly disasters would not have so been surprised if he was in the final episode is like one of the fire nation things is like going down and he's like my cabbages and he's like on a boat that's underneath yeah. trying to like ship yeah. them somewhere like he decided yeah. this is the last chance. You know what? I'm going to get away from all possible failure and I'm going to just be on a boat and I'm going to sell my cabbages by boat. Suddenly, his boat's destroyed. Um, <laughs> okay. So apart from our cabbage man, mm -hmm. uh, this is an episode that I think is really good just because it's another instance of Aang confronting time that mm -hmm. has passed. And it's also... A perfect, uh, it is a perfect example, like most episodes are, of Katara being the one to 
uh, save everything because she is at the end. Like, we'll start at the beginning, but at the end when Aang is a little bit dense and doesn't realize it's uh, Boomy and um, why did he make me do this? What's the deal? She's like, hey, put it into this context. Put it into this perspective. Maybe these mean something. Think about how you did them. He's like, you're right. This is my old friend. Thank you, Katara. <laughs> Every time. Every time. Every time. Every single time. This it's show always because is of called her. Katara Saves the World. Yeah. Even when she, like yeah. the episode isn't centered around her and she's like yeah. for most she's of the episode like <laughs> trapped you know, in candy. Trapped in trapped candy. In candy. <laughs> like she's on the like she still is the person. Every time. Yeah. It, it does I think not this matter. Also like an important episode because this is the first time we see like really a more like complex civilization right because i mean we've Mm -hmm. kind of seen a little bit like glimpses of the fire nation which Mm -hmm. is like expected to be like industrial and overburdening and stuff but like when you see omashu for the first time at least when i did like going from the southern water tribe to like the the other little towns that we've seen this is a Mm -hmm. fucking city and it is incredible and the way that like they use um they use their earthbending as like a transit system is incredible. And that blew my fucking mind. Yes. Yeah. It's communal. Uh, it's communal in a way that we haven't really seen before. I feel like with the the Fire Nation from the glimpses we've seen, yes, they work sort of in tandem or as a team, largely because we're just seeing like military performances mm-hmm. of strength. But we're seeing a city that like runs fully on the communal power of everybody on the teamwork. Like it's the only way that city runs is if everybody contributes and everybody is helping to bet the betterment of that collective society. And it like exists in spite of the fire nation, because like in my head, like I was like, okay, like everywhere is kind of decimated or like, you know, just like is kept in check by the fire nation. They're not allowed to be this. And so this Mm -hmm. is the first time that I was like, wow. Okay. There is like, there is technology outside of the Fire Nation to this extent, right? There is a resistance. There, The Fire Nation hasn't destroyed mm-hmm. everything. So it was that first, like, real glimmer of hope other than just, yeah. like, a few pocket, like, you know, mm-hmm. groups of people. Yeah, I in my rewatching for doing this podcast, I really focused on, like, just the architecture of Omashu. Like, it's, it's so beautiful and... Um, another shout out to the illustrators but like so I was sitting here thinking I was like okay so do you think that these were like independently like big rocks that they like carved out but then like the illustrators will show like these are like made of bricks in some sense and so you get a little bit of an idea of like how this came together and I I, I'm just kind of fascinated by those sorts of things this show is definitely known for its attention to detail um and and the world bending or the world building (laughs) wow uh the world building (laughs) in this episode is just exquisite yeah it's like oh my gosh here's this whole civilization and it's really cool and like we've never seen one like this we also get some cool glimpses at like a new way to earthbend with uh Boomy. Um, just 
in the way that he uses the earth in a in more of a fluid way yes. than most earthbenders, where he can kind of fall through rock, <laughs> like that just fall so through cool. it. Like, yeah, he can fall through it like With water. His and, and like just... body, yeah, shape exactly. You yes, know? I love Boomy. I just it's... do. I remember watching this for the first time. I like despite his whole friendship i was like i don't think i like boomy obviously mm-hmm. later with the white lotus and and that whole uh-huh. collective it my opinion changed but mm-hmm. in this one especially before it's like oh yeah obviously it's his it's his friend but i'm like he's kind of an asshole and like i on my first watch i had that same reaction and then my second watch like for this pod right i was like mm-hmm. you know what like this is genius like what he's doing right now is genius because instantly he recognizes his friend and like the way that the yeah. camera goes over to Aang and like you see like Boomy's face and you think that he's just kind of got it out for this kid right mm-hmm. like but you um like and they gave us all of the context in the beginning of the episode for yeah. like hey like this is Boomy right so if you pay attention yeah. to detail then you'll pick up on these things you know and think about mm-hmm. time passing and everything so it's neat because while the avatar is learning this thing you as the viewer mm-hmm. are learning this thing in the context of the show and what they're kind of what they're expecting of you or like mm-hmm. showing that they are giving you all of this context for for these kinds of reasons right so like mm-hmm. boomy when you think about what he does he i mean he admits that messing with people is very fun for him which i think is cute <laughs> because he's still like such a big kid but like he his whole thing is like trying to remind him that like hey the world's changed and you have to learn like the world's changed i've changed but you have to think outside of the box in order to um in order to make it so the first thing he does like because i again i also was like fuck this guy right away right but look at what he really does the first thing he does is give him a feast and we get context for boomy being a good king like where he's like all of my people in the city have gotten fat from too many feasts Right. So that's showing that he actually cares about his people yeah. and takes care of them and nurtures them, even though he seems a little bit crazy. So mm-hmm. he feeds them. He like he traps his friends in candy, which they don't know is candy at the time, but he traps yeah. them in candy. <laughs> he has him get a lunchbox key, get his pet and then like fight his friend like just for fun. Right. But like mm-hmm. he never actually does anything like malicious because he knows he knows oh. Aang. he knows he can handle it. And every challenge is like telling him you need to look at this a different way so like floppy right he's like oh wait it's not the bunny it's this guy you're great and once he like gives like the ant- like floppy a chance floppy's just mm-hmm. like oh my gosh hi let's hang out yeah you know? <laughs> uh you bring up the passage of time and i'm always trying to like put the little uh puzzle pieces together for like everyone's storyline um and like the existence of Boomy for me kind of complicates Aang's storyline like so when you see him a hundred years ago more than a hundred years ago with Boomy um he has his tattoos so he's already been made a master but this is obviously a time where he's probably traveling the world and making all of those friends he was talking about. Mm-hmm. And so I'm thinking in Aang's timeline, it's like he finishes his training and he becomes a master. Then he travels all over the world. And then when he comes back, they're like, oh, by the way, you're the avatar. Or yeah. I, I do wonder, I was like, could he have known he was the avatar 
already when he was friends with Boomy when they were children. Um, here's what uh, here's what I think complicates it. One, so all we see is them on a balcony, and Boomy's like, "No, you have to look at it this way." So they were already talking about something, and Boomy was using the example of like the delivery system as saying no you need to think differently about whatever this thing they were talking about and I'm like so I wonder if Boomy knew he was the avatar before Aang and um well no that would mean that Aang already knew he was the avatar and was telling his friends when he was traveling before he came back I thought that um and I could be completely wrong Mm-hmm. Uh, so I, we can look this up but like I like what you're saying a lot and that would be really cool context but I'm not sure sh- because I think I'm not sure because I think when we see him at the air temple and he's like told that he's the avatar then he's like what the fuck this is awful and then mm-hmm. he like immediately runs away I don't think he has time to process or to prepare mm-hmm. like I think it's like within a couple that's of days that he what... runs away no yeah that's not what makes him run away so in the flashbacks that we're going to see in a few episodes, <laughs> um, it shows him talking with Gyatso. And Gyatso says the only mistake they made was telling you too soon. And so that suggests like he had already been told and he was like, yeah, bummed about it but like kind of reluctantly going through the motions and like Gyatso was comforting him. Mm-hmm. Um, he doesn't run away until they decide to separate him and Gyatsu. That's right. So maybe it was sometime between then or going back to the other possible scenario that you'd presented, Amber, mm-hmm. the idea that maybe Boomy didn't necessarily tell Aang. Aang mm-hmm. may have presented some sort of like other thing, but because Boomy is so smart and mm-hmm. intuitive and... uh. What is the other word? Mm-hmm. Innovative. Mm-hmm. He's like such an interesting character in that way. Like, sure, he's mm-hmm. mad and like a little crazy. That's how he's presented. But he is also the one who's like literally think outside the box. Mm-hmm. Recontextualize a scenario. Change how you view something. Maybe he knew that he was the Avatar, just intuited it. I don't know. And maybe know. this like perspective shift was like him trying to help. Like, you know, it's probably going to be hard for you because this is the big thing. Mm-hmm. Here's a fun little... Look what I'm doing. I'm changing my scenario. I'm taking this thing and making it something else. When you mm. get that big thing, maybe you can change it and make it something that works for you in the way that I'm making this work for me. Maybe. Possibly. Um, um <laughs> We're doing a lot of that's leaps. That's so interesting. Yeah, we're like sure in I know. I was like, but there's little but that's there's what we're here little for. Yeah, uh, like yeah. evidence because when uh, like after he's like testing and like uh, messing with Aang at the feast, um, like he throws the thing air and Aang catches it with airbending. And everyone's like, oh my God, an airbender. He was like, not just any airbender, the avatar. Mm-hmm. And I'm just like, he knew. Yeah, that wasn't, that was not or a. Or would the in, White Lotus in... have told him? Because the White Lotus would have known that Aang was the last avatar. Possibly. So that's another scenario. And why would the White Lotus know that Aang was? I mean, supposedly everybody knew. I think at that point, once yeah. Aang was, you know, shown, yeah, to be who I, he was. I think it's like two things. It's like 
he's an airbender and no one's seen an airbender in a hundred years. And I don't think that everyone puts together that, well, the only one left must be the avatar. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, because most of them, when they meet him, they're like, Oh my God, an airbender. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. The, the, the existence of an airbender is more important yeah. than the idea yeah. that he is the avatar and that, logistically an airbender is to be the next avatar <laughs> and you know, feels more real at this point because yeah. it's been a hundred years yeah. since they've seen the avatar so yeah yeah um <laughs> <laughs> i say all of this <laughs> to <laughs> just pitch the idea that boomy is a much bigger character <laughs> um because i personally think he knew ang was the avatar Maybe that was the conversation they were having when he first told him to look at it differently. Um, and now when he sees him, I think like he knows it's Aang. And I think in his mind, he's like, oh shit. Like, <laughs> I, <laughs> I forgot, like, he's the avatar. There's this whole war going on. My poor friend, like, doesn't even understand all of the complexities going on and and through his little tests and tricks are little ways to be like hey are you really ready for this task ahead of you yeah um i would also like to highlight that um this is one of many episodes that does just a perfectly seamless job of like silly kid antics yes with really awesome beautiful powerful bending like it's it's awesome oh yeah like they do like they do a little freeze frame when they're like (laughs) falling throughout the whole entire city and they're like you have to be ready for anything and then there's just this hilarious freeze frame with them um and then juxtapose that with Aang's actual fight with King Boomy, like it's a fucking awesome fight. It's it really, really, is. really it's awesome. Nice. Also, the ripped reveal is so fun <laughs> that he's like this old man, and he's like, "Oh, for sure, <laughs> million abs, muscle on muscle." He's like, "Yeah, let's go." Yeah, and like, <laughs> okay. <laughs> oh no, he was like, "I knew your ass was gonna choose me," yeah. and I <laughs> love that. Because that, like, all ties into Boomy's, like, hey, mm-hmm. everything, you know, isn't what it seems, and you need to be yeah. ready for that. It's not what you think, because Aang mm-hmm. is, like, so fucking trusting. Like, he goes to Omashu supposedly to, like, you know, or the reason he tells his friends is, like, oh, we're just going to do this quick, like, you know, dive, and it's going to be great, and then yeah. we're going to go, right? <laughs> but, like, you know that he's there for, like familiarity right he's searching for like these connections that he has with his past and he can't even recognize them when he finds them because everything is so different and that's what boomy is trying to show him Um, and i i thought it was just like really sweet because like even though i'm i'm right with you amber i think boomy is an incredibly important character and his friendship to him is super important i mean ang names one of his kids after boomy yeah right yeah but like naturally Upon our upon my first watch, I was like, "Oh, this silly old man! Like, what a what a like, what a silly person, right?" Mm-hmm. And then like now, I'm like, with all of this extra context that I have from the first time, I'm just like, mm-hmm. "Man, he's like so smart and so zany and like part like, and he's so smart in 
the way that he's presenting himself because nobody takes him seriously when he has all of the context and he knows all of the things and it's incredible yeah yeah and i mean also and i know this is like we do reaching forward a little bit but Mm -hmm. with the understanding that the next time we see him it's also at umashu but instead he is held prisoner and then we find out later he's like oh i can just come out now sick like, like he's, <laughs> yeah. there's the level that he's always in control. He's always yes. aware. And he just is the master at knowing when is the right time and understanding yes. what information needs to be given at what time it may be. Like, he knows exactly how to uh, move through the world in such a way that it has to exist. Like, I don't like yes. he, he's. What am I trying to say? He's like the, he is so all encompassing and intuitive that like Mm -hmm. he knows what actions need to be made and exactly when they need to be made to make Mm. sure that things happen. Not in a way that's like manipulative, but in a way that he knows that things just have to be. So he does. Yeah. He's so like calculated too. And like, in like his portray in his, the way that he allows himself to be perceived as that like frail, kooky old man, right? Who like, again, in case the kids in rock candy, which was so cute, yeah. the whole time you're like, oh my god, they're gonna die! And like, happen? oh wait, but this is Boomy. He's like, yeah, but it's rock candy, whatever. Yeah. And they're like, if they had just tried to eat the thing or like use their teeth, yeah. they would have found out, right? But like, by him presenting himself in this way, mm-hmm. he is probably able to get more information and just as like ang tried to be an old man coming into omashu right like yeah he was underestimated nobody thought twice about who he was but like yeah underneath that interior not only is he fucking incredibly intelligent but he's super ripped and like the best he the self-proclaimed best earthbender in the entire world so yeah yeah. i want to talk about that like I totally agree. Super intuitive. Except when he says, yes, and I'm the most powerful earthbender you'll ever see. And I'm just like, mm, does I, it hold up? Like, does no. it hold up? <laughs> yeah. Self-proclaimed. No, it doesn't. Yes, <laughs> yes. Self-proclaimed. That is the only bit of ego that feels fraudulent and un like it, yeah. it's the only bit that feels like oh he's putting on airs a little bit like this that yeah. bit is a bit of a performance I yeah mean, even, and even oh, no no you go you go oh, that even works to what he's trying to show ang right is like don't like you know uh don't take things at face value don't do this so he's like i am the most powerful airbender in the entire earth nation which we know he's not but he's striking fear in the heart of ang right at that moment and using that fear to his advantage yeah so maybe he was just saying it knowing in his heart it wasn't true um (laughs) i think that especially juxtaposed with um toff as an old woman like Toph yeah. as an old woman could literally feel everything in the earth. So she would be able to tell you, oh yeah, there's a bunch of really strong earth bitters over there. <laughs> and I'm just like, and as awesome as you are, Boomy, and I do love you, not the most powerful earth bender. Uh-uh. Canonically untrue. Yeah. Canonically in, by, by untrue to Toph. Yes. <laughs> literally somebody um, who developed bending completely to like 
recontextualize what it means to be an earthbender. Yeah. Oh my god. Yeah. There's no <laughs> no as a child, no even as a child, as yeah. a child did these things. So it's yeah. like, well, that's not true. Boomy I mean like there is a 12-year-old whatever girl. Years. <laughs> yeah. Out here somewhere who could kick your ass probably without a um, doubt. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I think the bending in this episode is so beautiful because like before you know anything about earth bending right we don't like really and really like up close met any earthbenders yet um he perfectly displays exactly what Toph is trying to teach Aang later on in season three. Um, like she's always telling me like, no, you, you just keep trying to like flit around and, and, and do a little trick and disappear, but no earthbenders stand your ground. And like every single time, like there was a giant boulder coming at him. He like turned it to like sand and mm-hmm. didn't move a muscle. Um, the other time he threw like a, big rock back at him he split it in two and I'm just like oh my god this is a master class in earth bending yeah that's so um, smart I didn't even like make that connection between what Toph is trying to teach him and what like oh man incredible yeah so even before he says the thing about you need to find a master who can like wait and listen and strike at the right time he was displaying it um i also feel like he's smart because he knows like i am a super badass over 100 years old man um but i'm also the king of this place and i can't help you (laughs) (laughs) yeah he's like i got my own responsibility i got a job yeah you you gotta go do your thing yeah (laughs) and i think that's part part of that is like the recognition of like yeah that's not my journey like i'm doing my thing i've been doing my thing this is my journey i'm here to tell you look at it this way and then you leave and I'll see you in some, at some point. <laughs> like, <laughs> that's, that is your story. Not mine. Thanks. So I had a really random thought when I was rewatching it and this might be edited out. <laughs> um, okay. Did you guys watch um, Loki? Yes. Yes. Okay. Um, King Boomy. Oh, variant. He has the two feathers on his crown that look like Loki's iconic horns. He really does. Also wears green. Green Green and gold. To be fair. Trickster. Yeah, he's a trickster. He is the embodiment of mischievous, but also well-meaning to some degree. Um, Interesting. Okay, so if we're diving into that a little, just <laughs> a little. Let's dive. Let's take some I more. I would leaks. be curious, from a writing perspective, the history of Loki as a character and the variants mm. as a uh, a sort of narrative trope within that universe of Loki. Yes. When that was created, because I think in the lore of like graphic novelizations of the story, mm-hmm. there could be influence like what if what if the creators and the writers were fans of 
this other narrative about Loki and variants just in its context and yeah. pulled that a little bit and sprinkled a little bit of that into the Avatar, what? which could arguably be canon just in terms of uh, the way the, the 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 inspiration for the character. So yeah, I don't. I that's all speculative. None of that is based on any fact whatsoever. It is just but, a very fun thought. I what feel is? King Boomy Loki variant. Um, I'm willing to argue it. Yeah. Yeah. I be- I definitely willing it. to because also think about one old Loki. And what old Loki would be like as a king of yeah. a cool mm-hmm. earthbending nation. He'd be kind of exactly like Boomy. Maybe a bit more like of a cynical asshole. He was more Maybe. of a cynical asshole. Yeah. Well, part of me wonders, because I, I feel like Boomy has the capabilities for that, but I think because the narrative is, is uh, sorry, Aang-based... I think we're getting a very like kind, playful, fun and silly version mm. of Boomy just because we're only seeing him in the context of Aang, one of his oldest friends. Um, I think it's also I mean, we see him later on with like Fire Nation and stuff like that. And he still has that front. And I think a lot of that is his personality, but is just also his front. Like he yeah. could have like later on. Right. He could have gotten out of his uh, his bindings at any time, but he waited for the right moment. You know, Mm. like, so I think that he likes to be perceived as weak because that actually gives him more knowledge and more access to things. Yeah. Well, I mean, especially in the episode that we're going to see him next at where he like he could have gotten out the whole time, but uses an opportune moment to like do that. It's a very thoughts about that. It's very Loki behavior. (laughs) It's very clearly and eloquently escaping. Yeah, just being like, oh, uh, only oh, pretending to be caught. Like, I could have gotten out this whole time, yeah. but I'm going to let you guys tire yourselves out, and then I'm going to just scoot out of here when I'm ready. Yeah. Boop. <laughs> um, that is a really fun point, Amber. I did not even... <laughs> That's, that is wild. <laughs> what a fun idea that could be. Seriously. I think it if also we wanted in... to build bridges between our worlds. It also fits in well because this is such a silly episode. Like I laughed so yeah. much in this episode. Yeah. Oh yeah. They did such so a good, good job of like kind of like, you know, showing a little bit of the weight of what is going on while mm-hmm. also just like, hey, Aang is still a kid and he can do all mm-hmm. this stuff. Also, Boomy like knows he's a kid and is also mm-hmm. still kind of a kid. Like they end the episode by them both going down and get doing the thing that Aang got arrested for. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, um, also, when they were trying to like guess the name, like, and then Sokka was like Rocky. He's a rock guy. It's oh Rocky. And then Katara was Rocky. like, "That's a good idea. It's that's a good like you know back like that's good." Good <laughs> start. <laughs> or yeah. the. Um, the refurbished chamber that was once bad. <laughs> it's like, wait, is that the new or the old? Well, like, they're they both kind of old. We just never, <laughs> I, don't, they, I laughed so hard. Oh my yeah. gosh. And <laughs> yeah. to that, to that, I mean, I sw- I feel like I can't stop thinking about it. To that same effect, that is very like lo- logistical comedy <laughs> that we see really <laughs> perfectly and prominently displayed yeah. in. Yeah. So. Yeah, it, uh, it's a it's a also perfect bad jokes. balance. Loki tells bad jokes. Boomy bad got jokes. bad jokes. Wordplay. I think it's basically canon fallacies. now. 
It kind of <laughs> feels that way. <laughs> uh, yeah. Okay. Oh yeah. So there's no way I can't. I have. I, there's no way I edit that out. We have to leave yeah. all of that. Yeah. It's. <laughs> um, we ha- we must because that's. Cause it's, I'm so it's happy. Like, <laughs> it's such a good begging question. Yeah. It just. It just it's like hit me when I was watching. I was like l- admiring his crown, and I was like, oh my god. <laughs> it's the. Oh it's my the god. Same. It is the same. Yes. Fuck. That's cool. Okay. Wait. Hold on. I'm gonna look at Boomy. I need to see. I need to see his character now. Okay, what else about this episode did we want to discuss? I don't think I have anything else. Talked about my love. The only other part that I. I mean, not the only part. Yeah, I think that's it. Yeah, Um, Boomy is the big takeaway from this. This is like the introduction. This is our our big conversation about Boomy. One of a few we're gonna have by the end of this. kind of it just like it's i i like that we're getting into like lesson learned episode type Mm -hmm. situation we're sure there's there's the more narrative based like Mm -hmm. serialized arc episodes but then sometimes Mm -hmm. it's like hey fun caper fun uh (laughs) uh precipice fun lesson learned We'll see you next week. Um, not to say that this doesn't like add to anything within the story, but like we don't get any Zuko, we don't get any Fire Nation. Really, it's really just like old friend, lesson learned. You're better for it than you were yesterday. Good luck on your journey. And you're like, yes, wasn't that fun? <laughs> wasn't that fun? And then at the same time, giving us some really beautiful world building and history. Yes, like we're getting a lot of that encapsulated in this kind of like lesson of the week. Well, yeah. structure. And I think what's really interesting, and we'll talk about it in the next episode, but what they learn here specifically is what allows the next episode's resolution to happen because they have to think outside of the box and uh, really make Katara earthbend and give the earthbenders something uh, to earthbend with to f- stand up for themselves. And they couldn't have done any of that with just like, that surface level thinking that they were doing before and that's fantastic storytelling because it's not it's not too much exposition but it's enough to explain specifically why they're thinking the way they are and how they're moving forward in such an intentional way i never put that together that's such a great teaser for our next episode that is so true because and it's not like spoon-fed like get ready get ready for the it's just like no this is what happens this is what we learned it's very natural very natural <laughs> it's so like it's a good way to do it because you don't realize it like and i think that's something that avatar and channel does so well is it really does build this world and this experience and um this plethora of knowledge that the characters have brick by brick right in this yes. way that is very natural that doesn't seem forced that doesn't seem illogical like one Last episode, they never would have thought about, like, you know, doing some of the things that they did, maybe. And then this, like, the next episode, they're like, oh, wait, hold on. How can I make this happen? You know? I do want to bring up real quick before we kind of peter down here. Katara, I know we're going to talk a lot about her in the next one. But Uh (laughs) they would not have gotten into Amashu without her. Just, like, end of sentence. Aang, sure, 
was convincing, nice character. But when they questioned him, if he if she wasn't there to back him up, yeah, they wouldn't have let like, him in. Nah. And Sokka's useless, obviously. <laughs> but her her confidence, being like, yeah, I'm literally exactly this person with this really long fake last name that I remember perfectly. Yeah, um, that's why we're here. I'm validating everything he said with my mm-hmm. confidence. And they're like, we like mm-hmm. your confidence. And she's like, thank you. Let us in. They're like, of course. Yeah. I you feel it. like weirdly, <laughs> that's one of like, again, one of those foreshadowing times to show just how good and acute couple they are that yeah. like, they can totally play off of each other. Mm-hmm. They really can. Yeah. In a way that like, they're the perfect yes. Anding yes. of each other just in the way that like, Aang was just immediately like, oh, yeah, you're right. I can't get in. Perfect. Old guy disguise. Here's a voice. Here's a walk. I'm in character. Are you guys ready to go? And then they go, and immediately she jumps into character right behind him. Like, yep, 100%. We are Uh this. We're doing that, and that's what we're doing. And they're like, we believe you. Like, Um, you are so precocious. Yeah. It's not not like there's never a point, especially in these moments where, like, there is a second guessing of like, well, what if we don't get in? It's like, well, don't, no, it's not about what if we don't get in. We're getting in. Yeah. And both Aang and Katara know that. And that confidence oftentimes is the thing that gets them where they need to go. Mm-hmm. Largely Katara. <laughs> yeah. Because Aang, especially at the end of the series, there's a lot of like, well, what if, what if, what if? I know we're going to get more into that. But yeah. uh, Katara is the one who's like, no. <laughs> Stop. <laughs> it's not what if it is it only is so be it do it yeah it. <laughs> um anyways i'm sponsored by nike now so <laughs> <laughs> be it, do it, all right well um is that it is that it for the episode i believe so i, I feel so. thoroughly discussed mm-hmm. yeah i feel also a little thoroughly modern millie about it Oh, thank you so much for joining us on another gorgeous episode of the Momos and the Appas. Music and editing by Eric Lefebvre. Artwork by David Tercero. Do not forget to rate and review us wherever you get your podcasts. Bye. Bye. Goodbye. Thanks for listening. See you later. <laughs> see ya. We'll see you next time. Bye-bye. After a while. Woo. Okay, bye. This podcast has been brought to you by the Nostalgia Network. Visit the Network.com for more.